When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're asking you all day, what move would you still like to see this offseason in the NFL? 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. You can hit us up on Twitter at KeyJMX. I don't know. You know, I, my back is killing me this morning. You're From right, wiffle man? ball this weekend? Wiffle ball. Carrying the show? <laughs> yeah, wiffle ball. I, you know, hey, girls, it's nice out. Get off your devices. Got three little girls. Get off your devices. We're, we're, we're going outside. Uh, Dad, you know, no, no, come on. It's nice. Sun's shining. All right, okay, fine. We'll go outside. Play some wiffle ball. Grab the, go down to the basement, find a wiffle ball bat, dust it off. Bunch of wiffle balls out. And, uh, Daughter throws me the ball first thing. You know, it sails a little bit because it's a wiffle ball. It's a little windy. Lands at my feet. I bend down. But you know how they dive suddenly, so I bend down. And try, and a hard time coming back up. And I realize I'm now at the age where I need to stretch for a good five minutes at least before I go out and do something like that. A five-minute stretch? I think so. Before you swing for a wiffle ball. Yeah, before I bend down. Before, before you bend catch, down. Before, before you can, can bend down. A, just play catch with a wiffle well, ball. Do you not so do it when you wake like, up in the morning? Sounds no, like you're going to need to stretch before you tie your shoe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You should do it when you get out I of bed in the morning. I do a little bit when I'm waiting for the shower to get hot. I do a little stretching, but it's not enough. Why don't you do stretching <laughs> in the shower while it's hot? I've never heard somebody size stretch of your shower. five minutes, man. <laughs> you can't do stretching in have, your shower? I have a nice shower, but it's not the size of a whole room like your bending, shower. I'm, no, I'm talking Jay about Will. bending over Jay and got, touching your toes. Jay got a whole room. You know, come Stop. On. You yeah. can bend over and touch your toes in the shower. What did you tell get me, Jay, here. 25 people can shower at once? What? In your shower? Isn't that <laughs> what you got the rainforest shower spigot, the whole thing. You and I never talked about my shower. Massage. Massage. Sprays on the back and stuff. Come on, man. It's okay, Jay. Light effects and stuff it. like that. Get out or of here. Stretching the shower with hot it, water. But, you know. yeah. Well, anyway, listen, it was a great weekend anyway. Good weather. and, and Great weekend. Yeah, and a lot of sports, man. I got to watch fights and baseball and, of course, a lot of NBA action. A lot of, what was your biggest takeaway, um, Key, from the, from the NBA this weekend? You know, I, I it was great basketball, like you said, and, and I know Tatum is trying to get a – a seat at the table by taking down Durant and the Nets, but James Harden and the Sixers, in particular James Harden, and I know Maxi was the key contributor to that win, but everything that James Harden came into the game having to face, the negativity and the pressure, who's more pressure on, Doc Rivers or James Harden, who's going to regret it more, James Harden or Ben Simmons, all of the all of those sort of things, and he, all he does is go out there and give you 14 assists, dropped 22 points, no fouls, no turnovers. I mean, like, come on, man. The dude was four from seven from three, just knocking it down, Jay. I mean, the emergence of Tyrese Maxey, uh, if, if James Harden can just play point guard, which we know he can do, they, they could be a problem right now. They could really, and by the way, mine was, real quick, Jay, 
Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. like hitting those shots from the outside, just wet early, and then later on, you know, he has the hops, he has the explosiveness, and his team in, in an upset beating Ja Morant's team, who and Ja could with Ja was doing had some spectacular plays, dropped like thirty points. On the road, what a performance. Just those two super young guns going head-to-head. And, and, and the upset with, Ant, with Ant-Man winning was, like, huge for me. Yeah, you got to give Minnesota a lot of credit. They, they've been a team that's been fighting all year long with Patrick Beverly, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns. And, Key, back to your point about Philly very quickly, man. If, if Maxie's playing like that with James Harden and Joel Embiid with the bracket that they've got up top – uh, they can get to the NBA Finals. They have a legit shot to win it all. My biggest takeaway was just, we've talked about this all last week, Jason Tatum having a seat at the table of the NBA greats. And if you want to mark this first one down, he got the win. He got 31 points. He guarded Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant did not have a good game. at had 23 points on 24 shot attempts from the field. In the fourth quarter, he had five points, one of three from the three-point line. Did not shoot the ball well. And Jason Tatum really exploded. I mean, having the awareness to hit Kyrie with a spin move after catching the ball with 1.8 seconds, are you kidding me, to hit a game winner in that type of environment? That, that was the game of the weekend, in my opinion. He made the invitation list. There's no question about yes, it. He to get a seat at the table. He gets on the invitation list, and as time goes on, he's either going to get sent or he's going to get crossed off. Right, the whole thing going into this series is, okay, Tatum, can he be the best player in a championship? The Heat don't really have a guy like that. Do the Celtics – and you go, yeah, 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 Tatum can do that. But then that, now he's matched up with KD in the Nets. And you're like, well, oh, hold on. Either you can do it or you can't. There's always a KD. There's always a LeBron. There's always an MJ. There's always an incredible player in the league. Can you, can you even if you're not always the best player on the court, be the best player when it matters the most enough? Tatum looked like he could be that guy. And the, the guy on the Nets who went off was Kyrie. Listen to Kyrie. Because the story that emerged wasn't even his spectacular play, and that was partly because Tatum's shot won the game. But because of his back and forth with fans, where he flipped them off, listen to Kyrie at the post-game presser talk about that very thing. Look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, where I'm from, you know, I'm used to all these antics and people being close nearby. Um, you know, it's nothing new when I come into this building and what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me. And I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan. But, um, you know, when people start yelling, and you and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take uh, as a competitor. And, um, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Nah, that's the playoffs. This is what it is. You know, I, I've, I know what to expect in here. And it's the same energy I'm giving back to them. From a basketball standpoint, yeah. do you feel like the hostility you get there's no hostility, bro. It's basketball. When you were flicking some people off, I'd say that's some hostility. From what? What what point? Are you when guessing you, that that's hostility? Or, like, hostility for me is, like, growing up. Well, we've never seen that from you this season where you are running down the floor flicking people off. It's the first time you actually caught it because it's a big-time game. I respond in different ways. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to focus on that. If you want to ask me questions about the fans, go ask them. Go on the street and ask them questions. All right? But I'm asking from your perspective, from a basketball perspective, do you feel like the hostility that you get It's not hostility, fans, bro. Do you feel like the energy you get from fans in this building Embrace it. the best from you? Embrace it. Embrace it. It's the dark side. Embrace it. 
um, when he says it's not hostility and then he puts it back on the fans, you mentioned earlier, Jay, Nick Friedel was like, okay, energy. He wouldn't fall into that mm-hmm. trap. But the other thing is like, from what point? Well, Kyrie, when you flip someone off, that's universally recognized as hostile. Unless you're joking, that's that is that's the very definition. Like, what are you talking about? And he started to talk like he started. Yes, yes, Key, I see you, I see you, Key. <laughs> but he started to say like, he, I, it sounded to me like he was going to go into look hostility from where I'm from is X, Y, and Z. That ain't hostile, right? But he never got there, Jay. So, uh, so like yeah. he's doing I'm, a semantics I'm, thing. Yeah, with, I'm not going to argue about semantics. I mean, look, he didn't like the way the word hostility was being framed. Kudos to Nick for you know pivoting and using the word energy, which he got the answer from Kyrie that he really wanted. And for me, hearing Kyrie said you have to embrace the dark side, like it, anybody who's an athlete who's played at a high level, you know this to a certain degree. Key, I don't know what it was for you, but for me, I learned quickly after my freshman year, I had to get myself a certain place mentally that got the best out of me on the court. For me, it was trash talking. Somebody had to say something to me that would get me pissed off or I had to find a way to get myself pissed off before the game that would make me lose myself in the immersive, immersive experience of the game. That's where I competed at the highest level. So I'm not saying Kyrie needed that, but it did seem like in the first opening quarter he was trying to feel his way into the game. And then as all that stuff started to happen, you saw him lose himself in the game, which he just started exploding, right? So for me, when somebody says embrace the dark side, I'm like, all right, I saw LeBron James do that down in Miami. He went from being like the overall hero to a sudden he became the villain for people. And that's fine. If that's what I need to be for you. And that got the best out of LeBron. So I think it goes through transitional periods. Key, I don't know what brought the best out of you, but it seems like that brought the best out of Kyrie. Well, Kyrie's been, <clears throat> Kyrie's been playing well ever since he came back off his little – hiatus his vacation so to speak um so i don't know that that fueled him in as much as right jay as as much as one would think i think it's more about i think it's just more about the disrespect that he feel felt from a fan attacking him verbally um you know because if he if he doesn't use the the gesture with the fingers and he said it verbally all we're going to do is break it down anyway, slow-mo it, speed, uh, speed it up, slow-mo it down, zoom in, get the, the, the mouth reader. Hey, what our ESPN mouth reader expert says that Kyrie said this. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it's going to be. I, I think in the end, he's right, though. You can't just go to games and start talking crazy to people. It just doesn't. But, he seemed, to, way, but he seemed to think whether or not you believe it actually affected his play key, from what Kyrie said, it did sound to me that what Jay is talking about is on the money, that Kyrie at least experienced it as fuel. All I'm saying to y'all is like this. So games at these magnitudes, it, it almost reminds me of street ball a little bit. Like if you ever played street ball where there's been a crowd of people around you, people in the stands are saying crazy stuff to you. You see athletes engage with them back. Right? Like, it gets you going. Jason Tatum isn't a guy that's going to say something. Jalen Brown isn't going to be a guy that's going to say something. Maybe Marcus Smart if you engage him. But for Kyrie, that's how he gets himself there. And my thing is, if you're going to a game, and if you have your kid on your lap, and if there's a guy next to you who's had a couple of beers, and he's yelling crazy things, like, I, I, I don't want this narrative to be like, hey, well, Kyrie, I can't believe he gave us the bird. Like, my kid's here. This guy next to you is saying crazy stuff. He's cursing this dude out. 
And that's that's the level of warfare that we have as athletes when you play in these environments. Guys, they, Tim, go, go ahead, yeah. Key. You know what no, I mean, I Key? Say, no, I'm just saying, yeah. Yep. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter, covered Kyrie during his time in Boston. Tim is with us now on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Tim, good morning. What context can you add to the relationship between Kyrie and the fans in Boston, especially, you know, and to, to further illuminate what happened yesterday? It, yeah. Well, first of all, hey, guys. And, hey. and second of all, to your question, Max, like, I mean, look, this is this has been a thing that's been going on now for three or four years, right? Like, you go back to the last year Kyrie spent in Boston, and that team was supposed to, you know, after LeBron went to L.A., was supposed to be the best team in the East. Instead, the whole year was kind of a dysfunctional mess. They end up, you know, not trading for Anthony Davis. There was supposed to be, you know, Kyrie and AD in Boston. They were going to be this great team. And instead, you know, that season kind of ends in flames in the second round with, um, you know, them losing the five games to the Milwaukee Bucks. And, uh, you know, everything just kind of went haywire, right? And Kyrie ends up leaving goes to Brooklyn and at the beginning of that season he had said that you know he was gonna you know sign long term with the Celtics he did a commercial with his dad playing one-on-one in the garden court saying he wanted to have his jersey retired and and obviously none of that stuff happened so you have all that stuff from the past when he was in Boston coupled with everything that's happened since then you know the idiot throwing the water bottle at him last year and the Nets beating the Celtics in the playoffs last year and now coming back in this, uh, you know, turbocharged first round series, which, you know, certainly yesterday that game felt like, you know, game seven of a conference finals as opposed to game one of a first round series. That was about as good a game as you're going to see in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I, it, it's not surprising that tensions are already high, I guess, in that series to me. And I think it just sort of sets up what's going to be a pretty emotional series uh, for as long as it lasts. Tim, of course, everybody's talking about Kyrie today or Jason Tatum in the last second shot. Um, but Kevin Durant was held to 23 points on 24 shot attempts. It, it felt like the volume of tall, lengthy, athletic versatility that Boston was able to provide defensively, getting up underneath KD, made the game uneasy for him. What did you see Boston do that made KD not have the same efficiency that we've known him to have? I couldn't agree more, Jay Will, and that, that's why I thought Boston was going to be able to ultimately win the series. Now, look, you guys both know Kyrie is a wizard with the ball, and he can have games even against awesome defenses where he goes 12 for 20 like he did yesterday. But throughout this series, those two guys are both going to have to work incredibly hard to get any good shot. And, and just take that final possession when Kyrie had the ball, right? Now, Kyrie clearly wanted to hit the hero shot on that possession, but the Celtics – stuck with him like Lou. You had Al Horford sprinting out to the three-point line, coming all the way back to the paint, and then going back to double him again. And, you know, Kyrie Irving just about always is going to get a clean look there, right? And when he kicked the ball back to Kevin Durant, he then had to take a basically step-back 28-footer over Jason Tatum, who played great defense on him and didn't foul him, and made him take a nearly impossible shot that he wasn't able to make. And that, that possession, I think, kind of sums up the Celtics' defensive ability, and between Derek White and Marcus Smart in the backcourt and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the wings and even Al Horford inside, they're probably not a better team in the league that's equipped to guard the Nets and those two guys than the Celtics. And to your point, Jay, well, I think you really saw that in that game. Kevin's going to make more shots next game. 
no question. He, he's not going to be held down to basically a shot a point for the rest of the series. But Kyrie is also not going to go 12 for 20 against that defense every game either. And to me, the way that one went, that felt like the game the Nets really had to steal. And they had it right there and obviously didn't quite get it done. Tim, when do we see Ben Simmons, if at all, in this series? If I had that uh, answer, Keyshawn, I would go play the lottery because I think I would be in uh, pretty good shape. Uh, I mean, look, the way this thing is playing out, it's not, you know, he's, you know, as Woj has reported a bunch, he's going to, you know, try to practice this week. You know, maybe they could get him out there for a few minutes a game in the latter part of the series. But to me, honestly, I don't really see Ben Simmons making a big impact on this series, whether he plays or not, because even if he's out there for 10 minutes a game, I, I just don't see how that's going to dramatically change things. Now, if you told me they had Ben Simmons out there for 35 minutes and he's playing like the borderline defensive player of the year he was last year at that end of the court, like, yeah, all right, maybe that will cause some impact on the series. But given his lack of uh, – given the lack of space he'll create on offense and given how long he's been off the court, I mean, he's basically had one practice in – calendar year at this point or 10 or 11 months it's just hard for me to see him having a a huge impact despite his talent um after that much time off and after you know after all the stuff he's gone through the past several months tim you were at the toronto philadelphia 76ers game the other day obviously tyrese Mm -hmm. maxi went off which is incredible i mean when he's the third lightning rod like that uh, they're a different team but how much pressure do you think is on james harden and and what do you think in his play either showcase that or didn't i mean look i mean james has obviously said jay well there's not much pressure on him but there clearly is right i mean it, whether he feels it or not 275 like, million dollars with the pressure tim well <laughs> well look i mean i think you could argue there's not pressure because he's probably going to get that money either way yeah. pal right but there's pressure on him from, I think, a perception standpoint and a reputation standpoint because, as we all know, he's had a bunch of rough moments in the playoffs in the past. And he ran the offense beautifully the other night. Um, I think he only had one turnover and 14 assists, like really pulled the strings really well. But he was two for 10 on twos. And when he was going to the rim, he just still didn't have the burst. And I think that's a concern given he had, you know what, basically a week off before that game. Like, if he was going to have some juice in those legs, you'd think he'd have it in that game. And, you know, to me, the thing that really stood out watching that game was, you know, Tyrese Maxey, like you said, Jay will has really emerged this season into a force. And the way he played in that game, with his speed getting to the rim, coupled with how confidently and cleanly he's shooting the ball now, I mean, he has become a really devastating offensive weapon. And, you almost, to me, I think have to look at them as Joel Embiid as a one, and then James Harden and Tyrese Maxey as a 2A and 2B for their second guy. Because, you know, obviously teams are going to give a lot of attention to James, but you know, Tyrese Maxey has become an incredibly difficult cover. And it might have to be, rather than just what did James and Joel do, you might have to start looking at this as what do James and Tyrese do to back up Joel Embiid as that second guy for the Sixers? Because if he mm-hmm. keeps playing like that, sort of regardless of what James Harden looks like, I think it certainly changes the perception of what I think the Sixers team could do compared to what I thought going into the playoffs. Tim Bomtemps joining us here, ESPN NBA inside reporter on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. TB, I, I did want to ask you, continuing down the, the path for the 76ers, 
Like, what does that mean for the guy that signed the five-year, $180 million deal, and we think about Tobias Harris? Like, mm-hmm. what's his role? How does he fit on his team when those three other guys are going that way? Well, I'll tell you, man, he played maybe the best game he's played as a sixer in game one. And, and I think if you're, if you're looking for positive signs, as a, I mean, obviously beyond winning the game, if you're looking for positive signs for why this team can make a deep playoff run, if you look at the way Tobias played in game one, he was aggressive, he was confident in his decision-making, and he was decisive, right? And when Tobias makes quick decisions with the ball, Doc Rivers has said it since the moment he got to Philly last year. Um, after being with Tobias with the Clippers for half a season. When Tobias makes a quick decision with the ball and attacks, he can be a really lethal player. And that's exactly what he did throughout that game. He was out guarding really well on the perimeter. I thought he played, like I said, I thought he played as well as he's played in his Sixers uniform in that game. If he can keep that level of decisiveness and aggressiveness on offense, um, and he's going to have to hold up defensively because he's, you know, with, with Batiste Thibault, he might be at times the best perimeter defender. Um you know, if you if he can keep playing that way and sort of slot into that, you know, spot alongside those guys, I think that Philly's going to be pretty happy with that. Now, the question is, can he keep playing at that level? You know, he's a guy that's, you know, you know, kind of fluctuated up and down from playing like that in the playoffs in the past. But, you know, if he can be anywhere close to that on a consistent basis for the Sixers, they'll be thrilled. If Tobias Harris can't be the answer as the fourth option on offense and maybe the fifth best overall starter on your team, like all he has to be is that, and the Sixers could chip up this year. That is Tim Bontemps, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Tim. All right, TV. Tune in to the ESPN Thanks, Daily. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tim. You can tune into the ESPN Daily podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I mean, they're saying what publicly? Receivers saying what about Baker Mayfield? Maybe Joe. You got to hear what's going on. Coming up next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel eighty. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, before we get to hot news or not news with Kimberly A. Martin here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, we have our KJM mock draft tomorrow. It's Tuesday. Each day, four picks will be made by various callers or hosts from around the country. So we got it all taken care of, except tomorrow. The Houston Texans. We still need a caller to pick third for the Houston Texans. You do that right now. We'll play it tomorrow. If you're a Texans fan and you want to make the pick for your team in our mock draft, call it 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 729-3776 right now. All right, Kimberly A. Martin giving the straight talk. 
brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Good morning, Kimberly. Good morning. <laughs> no contract, up, no auntie? compromise. What's happening? Hey, 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 hey. Settle down with the auntie. We're playing, uh, we're playing not, hot news or not news. Hot news, not news. Let's go. Or as Evan wrote, not news or not news. <laughs> Hey, it's tough to find these days. There's not much news in the NFL. They might all be not news. It's not news or not news today. Panthers are the most likely landing spot for Baker Mayfield, Kim, Mayfield Kimberly, but Robbie Anderson, their wideout, doesn't seem to love that idea. I'm is that so excited about this. News? This is such hot news because the Panthers are definitely a landing spot, as I've been told, for Baker Mayfield. It makes a lot of sense. This is a team that was in position to draft a quarterback last year, did not, took J.C. Horn. Now they're again looking for that guy at QB, and they have Sam Darnold. But Robbie Anderson, he's a wide receiver. His job literally depends on the QB he has, and he was drafted by the Jets in 2016. Think about the quarterbacks they've had. Hackenberg, Bryce Petty, Geno Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Sam Darnold. He's listening to that going, oh, if I could have had some <laughs> of those guys, <laughs> and I could have done something. he's literally saying, you know what, I'm good. I don't want any part of Baker Mayfield. That is hot, hot, hot news. Of course it's hot news. Whenever you get a quarterback, I mean a, a receiver talking about mm-hmm. a quarterback publicly, that lets you know. If it ain't positive, it's all negative. And so far, Robbie Anderson has been on the negative side of it. Robbie Anderson talks to people in the league, other players that play the position, guys that are in Cleveland, guys that play with Baker Mayfield, and they like, yo, man, you don't want that. That's why Robbie is like, no! Question for both of you quickly. Could this actually make a difference? You're wide out saying, wait, I don't want that guy. Could that put ice Uh-oh. on what's going on? Could no. that cool it off? No. Key? No, it, 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 but the thing Ooh, is, it'll know. get loud. Uh-huh. He's just the first. He's the first uh-huh. voice to drop. Now you're going to get another voice, and you're going to get Uh-oh. another voice, and you're going to just keep getting what voices. What if the levee breaks? What if it breaks, <laughs> and here comes the flood? What about then? Maybe it could start something and nix the whole thing. Baker's sitting there going, shut up, Anderson. All right. Colts sign Stephon Gilmore, Kimberly. Hot news or not this news? This is hot news because he's one of the best corners um, in the NFL, one of the best uh, man corners around uh, this is a Colts team that for the last couple of years has been in win-now mode, and you felt like the QB was the thing holding them back. Their defense just gets another weapon for new defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, so I love it. Yeah, this is hot news because you got Stephon Gilmore, like Kim said, has been a, a top-notch man-to-man corner in this league for quite some time. He's a little on the older side, but that's okay. He, they're only looking to win now, just like a lot of these teams that are going out in acquiring these big-time free agents. You look about the Buffalo Bills and getting Von Miller. Von Miller's on the older side, but he can contribute, and this is the same way they feel about Stephon Gilmore. Evan, this might have to be called hot news or hot news. We're two for two. Let's see if we're three for three. Kyler Murray won't play without a new contract, Kimberly. Hot news or not news? This is hot news. It's hot news or hot news? It's hot news Uh, because, A, he's a quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and – they they don't have to pay him right now, but for him to want money, his head coach has gotten an extension, his GM has gotten an extension, uh, this bears watching in Arizona. You know why it's not news Ooh. yet? It's because Shocking. what do we expect for him to do? Go out there and play? He already scrubbed his social media <laughs> clean once. He already done told him, yo, I'm not bratty. I just want to get paid. And we're still sitting here in April. Football season doesn't start to September. If we run this back in August and he's not in training camp, now we got something to talk about. I think it is hot news because of this. 
all the chit chat, all the chatter, all the smoke around him being mm-hmm. maybe not mature enough. Oh, yeah. His offensive lineman, his right tackle comes on this show and says he needs to grow up, starts talking about maturity. So in that context, Key, I think it is hot news because where is this heading? Mm-hmm. Hot news or not news, Kimberly, 48-year-old Terrell Owens catches a touchdown from Johnny Manziel in fan-controlled <laughs> football league. Uh, unfortunately for T.O., this is not news. I mean, kudos to him that he's 48 and still able to catch a football, but no, I'm not interested. Yeah, not not news. I'm not interested at all. I, I just, again, want to know from you, Kim, why is he playing football? <laughs> like, why are you playing any type of football at all? Because Brady, we see Brady playing. He's still going. T.O. thinks he can still play. T.O. hasn't played in the National Football League in Lord knows how long, and Brady ain't never stopped playing. You know, but at the end of the day, Brady's winning championships. T.O. Right. ain't never won no championship. Before the WWE, back in the day WWF, Key, the look on Key's face when we talked about this is like an old boxing trainer when some fighter at the end of his career was wrestling. Right? Oh, how did it? Nowadays, it's like a glamour thing. Mm-hmm. WWE, it's fun. It's entertainment. But back oh, in the old man. days, it was like, how did this guy fall so far <laughs> that he's now having to demean himself? Joe Lewis is wrestling. Why is he doing I, it? I just, I, I, hey, man, it's certain things, Max and Kim, if if I'm just not going to do. you guys can right now, guys, he's literally like that old man on the rocking chair on his front porch. I'm just like, not going to do forth, it. Like, Oh, I don't make it make sense. I don't understand right, because, these kids. Because he's like, he's like, because that dude is like my age. I know. Why? I was going to say, how old chair. are you, Key? How, how <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with him. <laughs> yeah. But he that's should be not, on the porch it's not, with me. It's, but see, it's not even about, it's not even about being an old man on a rocking chair. None of that. It's more about, you already done everything. Like, what are you doing? Like, I've already done everything. I'm in the Hall of Fame. I made you know, Pro Bowls. I, I went the to a Super the Bowl. He he never wanted. He felt he could still play yes. because I, of the off-field stuff or whatever reputation. He he felt like he was unfairly drummed out of the league, and he never got it out of his system. He ain't in the league now. <laughs> hot news or, but he still wants to play football. Look, hot news or not news. Key, your guy Kayvon Thibodeau says he's the best player in the draft. <laughs> Kimberly, we're going to start with you. Hot news or not news? Uh... You know, uh, no, I don't think it's hot news. I think it's not news. Um, at this point, everybody should think they're the best player, but Absolutely. he's not. Yeah, not not news at all. Everybody that goes into the draft feels like they're the best player, especially when you're talking about that high in the draft. He'll be a top ten pick uh, for sure. He might be a top five pick for sure. And he'll feel like he's the number one overall guy. So it turns out we got a lot of hot news. Some not newses, but a lot of hot newses too. Look at this. Look at this, guys. Kimberly, it's always great to see you, of course. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to see you later on today, all right? I will see you on this just in. On this just Ki- in. Kimberly. Kimberly. Star of stage and screen, yeah. Kimberly? Yes, Keyshawn. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm so stupid. What is Goodbye. this He's just being stupid as usual. No, I'll tell you during the break, <laughs> Max. All right. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. All right. Um, key, there's, there's a video of this somewhere. Uh, but a fan asked Sean Doolittle to sign his Sheets gift card before yesterday's game. And Doolittle, who's a Jersey native, good player, wrote Go Wawa on it. Now, in, in, some, in that neck of the woods, that's controversial. It's a Sheets gift card. He wrote Go Wawa. So what I, I know what the Wawa thing is because my, my wife's family lives in PA. And I gotta see all the wild, hear all the Wawa crap or whatever it is. What is that crap that you refer to? It, they swear by it. Like it's some amazing store. I'm like, it's a damn convenience store. It is a gas station. You walk in, they got a few items, and you leave. What I don't understand. Well, it's like it, I don't get it. It's like every every spot has has a spot like that. Like every town. So so in New York, if you talk to someone who grew up in the in the 80s, 90s, whatever, even today. And you tell them, like, Gray's Papaya, right, where you got two hot dogs for a buck. And you're stumbling home at 3 in the morning from some party. Oh, you got a dollar in your pocket. You get you, – you, you talk about it with a certain kind of love. You know what I mean? So Wawa, I guess, is that for people in that area. Yeah, I, my, yeah they, they swear by Wawa. Like, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm like, I forgot what they told They told me something about a sandwich there. I'm like, first of all, I'm not eating any <laughs> sandwiches from a convenience store. Well, first no, of all, I'm not doing that. Wawa is the gift to America from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Th- this place is. Is it Jersey or is it PA? I mean, it's South Jersey. South Jersey. South Jersey. Right. See, really, like South Jersey, PA is, is closer Jersey to is weird, man, because, like, central, like, because North Jersey, Jersey is really New York. New South York Jersey is really Philly. Philly. Exactly. And in the middle, you could go either way. We're a torn state. But yeah. that's, that, that's, so how, that's so how South Jersey is. Like, Wawa is a place you go to late night where you need gas, but you but, also. You want a hot dog. It's interesting you say PA, though, because Sheets is like Western PA. So I'm right. sitting here Western with Yates, PA, yeah. who's from Philly, and James, who's from Western PA. James is a Sheets guy. Yates is a Wawa guy. Yeah. They're, like, screaming at each other. Yeah. Like, like they, this is, like, <laughs> yeah. the biggest rivalry in Pennsylvania. Jay. Oh, Jay. I will starve to Wawa death. Wawa is the terrible version of Sheets. You cannot trust anybody <laughs> who rocks with Sheets over Wawa. Yes. You and just I'll can't. Why can't you trust them, James? Just or, or, sorry, that's just Yates. It's different. Why can't you trust them? It's the same thing. They sell bad food and gas. Yeah. Nah. What's the difference? Perfect place. Sheets is the perfect place to go after you've uh, had a couple of drinks. Before you go home, see that's the problem. I'm not thinking about having a couple of drinks and then going to Wawa. I'm thinking about exactly. I had a a long night. Wawa is the bad version of Sheets. Max, do you really think James and Alan sound the same? (laughs) (laughs) I I can't tell them apart. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Here's what I like about what the Mets are doing. They have what I think the best manager in the game in Buck Showalter. And a guy like Buck Showalter with a very veteran coaching staff, I think that mix is going to do very well. And I'm going to say it here. The Mets will win two championships in the next 10 years. I'm Jay Willemax. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, <clears throat> I like what A-Rod had to say just then. I mean, I'll tell you, I, like, I, there were, when I was on Around the Horn back in 02-something, oh, maybe, they, the Red Sox hired Bill James the godfather of sabermetrics analytics, right? And as soon as they did that, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, a big market team just hired Bill James? And I said they're going to win three World Series in the next 10 years. Unfortunately, I was right. In year 10, they won their third. And what A-Rod is saying here, guys, is look, the Mets have this huge analytics department, 31 guys, and the whole looks like whatever he said, and the NASA, and, but then they hire Buck Showalter as manager who's sharp but an old-school manager. So that combination of those baseball instincts, the good ones, and the development of players combined with an analytics department like that, he's like, man, that's just going to be a lethal combination. I see them winning World Series. Key, you're a baseball fan. Like, I think of teams like the Cardinals, who understand analytics but also have a strong scouting department, Atlanta, so where every year they're competitive and now pump up the payroll. That's kind of what he's saying. Yeah, and, and the Mets can do that if if it all hits. The Dodgers have been doing it for years, mm-hmm. both on the analytical side as well as great scouting. And I think since the they Yankees, hired Friedman, since since they put Friedman in charge, since they put Friedman in charge. Um, I think though, when you when you look at it, you also got to hit. It can't just be it can't just be analytics. And when I mean hit, I mean on the players in your farm system that you bring up. You can't just all of a sudden rely solely on the analytics side because if you do that you're going to find yourself in a hole. But that's what he's saying, Jay. What, what A-Rod is saying is exactly what Key's saying. Is like, great, you have this advanced analytics system, but can you teach and develop? And, and Buck Showalter, the one knock against him, if there is one, it's kind of like Mark Jackson. Yeah, we saw you get a team there, but then they took it away from you before you had a chance to see if you could get it over the top. His reputation is about teaching and developing but, and all that stuff. Yeah, but Buck's been around for a while, man. Yeah, man. I mean, he's been he's been around for a while, so it's different than Mark. Mark had like a cup of coffee. Bucks had a couple cups, no doubt. So if you have somebody who's been around, who's taught, who teaches the game from a fundamental perspective, combined with an owner who has deep pockets, who's willing to go out and get you anybody you need, obviously with their pitching, it feels like they're right there. Yeah, and especially they're on the verge, especially with the analytics, because as Key pointed out, when they hired Freeman away from from uh, uh, Florida, right, away from Tampa. They took a whole cutting edge. He's the one. 
and and they brought it to L.A. with deep pockets. And and key in this case, they're trying to do the same thing, only then install an old school manager to do the things you're talking about. Yeah, but the old school manager has to buy in, right? I mean, yeah. Because when the analytics tell you to do a certain thing at a certain inning and a shift or this or whatever the case may be, and the old school manager goes, ah, I don't want to do that. You're going to get the Dusty Baker sort of managing where Dusty didn't buy into the analytics for a very, very long time. I love what A-Rod said about the Mets winning two World Series, and I love what it would mean for New York baseball having both Yankees and Mets as World Series contenders every year. One issue I had with what – what A-Rod said is that Buck Showalter like, will lead them to these World Series. I don't think Buck will be the manager when the Mets eventually <laughs> See? win those World See, Series. He? He's going to get them to a certain point like he does everywhere. He did it and in they Baltimore. they find Joe Torre. He did it in Texas, right? He did it in Arizona. He gets you to the point where you're ready to win he a World Series, and then you bring in another manager to win that World Series. He, Bob he Bradley, wasn't um, the manager, Evan, in Arizona when he, with the big No, Bob Brenly came in, and he was the manager. Buck was like the manager right up until they were ready to he win. He gets you ready. And then they brought in Brenly. They did it in Texas. He was the manager, and then a couple years into Ron Washington's tenure, they went to back-to-back World Series with the Yankees. Got you to the playoffs the first year of Joe Torre in 96. They win the World Series. In Baltimore, he never could get them over the hump. He got them so close, and because they were Baltimore and been so bad for so long, that was good enough. But that's still fine for Mets fans. First of all, I actively root against the Mets. I hope they never become perennial contenders. I hate that as a New York fan, as a Yankees fan. I hate that, just like Key would hate the Clippers coming up in the world. Um, The difference is the Mets might actually come up in the world. But what you're saying, Evan, what what he's saying, Jay and Key, that's not a bad thing for the Mets. Like, some of the drama is will Buck be around to actually get him over the top this time? But that formula works where Buck gets you to a certain point. He's done it multiple times. He gets you to the point where you can win a World Series. He may be able to get him one, but he ain't going to be around for no – he said three and ten. He's not going to be around for multiple. He might be around for one because they can get one – Mets they fans wouldn't care if he, Mets fans wouldn't care, care if Buck is still around. They just exactly. want him. To, they just want a winning formula. And to A Rod's point, Buck in this situation might set you up to win and a couple, I, well, even if he's what? not there. Think, well, that's and the I point. Again, if the right foundation for it, moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's young enough, though. Now that I'm thinking about, he's, it, he's only probably 64, 65 years old. Yeah, he's sixty-five. It's no, no. It's yeah. not an issue of age so much. Although that's part of the intrigue. It's like, will he? Can he figure it out this time and stick around long enough to do it? The point is. It, it's set up in a way where A-Rod's prediction can come true whether or not it's Buck who is the manager when they win. That's almost like a side drama. You know what I mean? Like he'll, 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 he'll coach up the core, the core with the Yankees. Wherever he's been, that core is really fundamentally good. Evan, do we know the latest on the Grom situation? Uh, I have to look it up, but it, I thought there was a report that, like, he's – they're not, you know, going to have anything for a while on him. Here's uh, – Here's the latest on DeGrom from over the weekend. Uh, He told Mets reporters on Friday that he plans to get his right shoulder re-imaged in about 10 days. That's around April 25th because this is from uh, Saturday. And then, uh, you know, then they'll they'll go from there. So we'll have an update next week on DeGrom. And uh, Buck told a uh, radio station in New York that I won't mention. It's uh, pretty positive so far when it comes to DeGrom. Yeah, That's what he, he said he, Thursday. So, like, yeah, like, like if you want to talk about the Mets' legit chances to win the World Series this year, they're in that conversation. But it all comes down to this guy who yes. can't stay healthy. That's what I was about to say. I'm like, he was the best pitcher in baseball a year ago. Guess what? He broke down. Now 
He goes to spring training. He breaks down. Now you don't know when he's coming back. You can't have your ace not being able this to, is to the be danger. a part of what you being a part of what you're trying to accomplish. This is the danger with the Mets' philosophy. It's always been this way with the Mets. They want to develop power arm starting pitchers, and but but there's a high incidence of of arm injury, right? It's less predictable than position players, but when it hits, it's tough to beat like it did in the 80s. Then they had another crop that, and a couple other crops that never really hit. Injury, they didn't pan out. But DeGrom, key, he went back-to-back Cy Youngs, and then in a strike-shortened season where he probably would have won the Cy Young, came in third because it was just a small sample size, so he was among the top. Didn't have a time to separate himself, really. Let's not forget last year. Last year, he had a one o. Eight ERA in 15 yeah. starts. That's half a season of an ERA a little over one. Like he is, he is now by he the, far he the best when he's healthy. Year. It was ridiculous till he started breaking down. Yep, yep. That that might be the whole shooting match. Does Degrom wind up in the Hall of Fame, or do these arm in, like if because if the answer is yes, that means he got back to a certain. It's almost like AD, except on, even on a higher level with the Lakers. Do you think he is done? as a regular player who can take his the ball when it's his turn. If he's not, the Mets can do anything they want, man. That dude is ridiculous. No, he's not. No, I think I think he, if he could get healthy, if he could stay healthy, oh, I, I honestly think that they got an opportunity and a chance because whenever you got money, money can buy you players that can play. You know, and, and, and players will play for their money, no question about it. But yeah, then also you, also, you can take that philosophy of Tampa Bay – uh, you know, back in the day when they were making a World Series and wasn't paying nobody. No, one paying. And, and, right, then they have to break it up. Guys, I just looked up his walks and hits to innings pitch called whip in baseball. If you have a, a walks and hits to innings pitch, like right around one, a little bit under, you might lead the league. It was .55, almost half. Like, it's wow. just, it's just, if he could have kept that up, it would have been the greatest pitching season ever. Like, it, it's listen, it's halfway there, but it's a long way to go. But, oh, my God, this dude. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. So uh, we've been debating on this show. Lakers job, a good job or not? Key and I are both basically on the same page. It could be a good job any moment. Jay's like, uh-uh. Well, the big diesel added some fuel to the fire in L.A., and that is next. Wait till you hear what Shaq said and what Jay has to say about it and Key has to say about it, what I have to say about it. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.